to the Experience Stardom Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Peter Hamilton. Peter is a JD MBA student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and he and I recently connected to talk about his MBA journey, uh, what led him to Darden, how he decided to pursue a JD MBA, but also to discuss his experience as part of the recent Summer iLab Incubator cohort. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Peter Hamilton. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brett. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, how are you doing? How's everything? Life is great. I, I always like to say I'm I'm very blessed and it's been an exciting time getting back to Dart in these past couple of weeks. Pretty busy taking classes at both the business and the law school, but overall, that's where I like to be. You mentioned as we were getting started for this conversation, you're in your fourth year of four years. Uh, how does it feel to be here in the final stretch? Yeah, I was looking at it earlier today, and I am officially in the 20th grade, so two two decades. And I, I went actually straight through from undergrad to graduate school to start at law school before I came to Darden. So this has been 20 straight years of school. So it's it's been a great opportunity. I really love my time here at Darden, but I, I'm also excited to, to get out there and, and see what's next. Yeah, life after school. That's awesome. Uh, well, Let's talk a little bit more about who you are and your background, and then we're going to kind of transition and talk about uh, your startup uh, idea that you have and this summer experience you had in the iLab incubator. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit more about you. So tell us more about you and, and your background. Yeah, Brett, absolutely. I think to know who I am, you have to start by understanding my family. It's a it's a pretty interesting story. On my mom's side of the family. She's a Korean immigrant who came to the United States when she was 13, settled in Seattle, Washington. My grandparents actually escaped from North Korea in the 1950s and, and came to South Korea and made a life there before emigrating to the United States. My my dad is Irish from New Jersey, Irish-American, and my parents actually met at a St. Patrick's Day party, funnily enough, in, in New Jersey out there. And from there, that's where my family came from. So I have my, I have three siblings, three wonderful siblings, an older sister, an older brother, and a younger sister. And after being born in New Jersey, we actually lived abroad in Germany for a couple of years, came back to the East Coast for a year or two. And then I mostly grew up in Washington State in a city called Bellevue. And that's where I got my first exposure to business. I worked with my dad on a vocabulary testing program. He was really into learning how to program. So he built the program because I did not have any of those kinds of skills as a middle schooler. And my job was coming up with the marketing plan. So we started this company called Panda Vocab, where you get four words on the screen and a definition. You'd have to click the ones that matched, as you can tell, a pretty uh, intellectual or nerdy family. And uh, we sold exactly zero copies of it, but I had gotten my cousin to come in and design the artwork for it. And Bellevue is a very entrepreneurial place. There's where Microsoft was based and Amazon. And so I got exposure to all of that growing up. And when I went to the East Coast, back to the East Coast for college, I went to Georgetown and I studied government and was an entrepreneurship fellow. And in that place, I then got that same taste and feeling for business and law and trying to figure out how those things came together. And that was really what brought me to the point where coming before to graduate school, thinking about, all right, what do I want to do next? How do I work in this space where I've lived in a place where I've covered a lot of different places? I've lived in a lot of between two different worlds is a lot of way that people who are biracial think about their life. But for me, it was biracial, bicoastal, grew up in different countries. 
um, had these different interests and trying to figure that all out and come up with a cohesive person that is Peter was a big part of my journey when I got here for graduate school. So mentioned you originally started as a law student and now you're JD MBA student. Uh, when you started down that law path, did you have an idea that you might want to do an MBA as well? Yeah, absolutely. I had actually picked my law school based on where I thought I could get the most out of the joint degree program. So when it came to selecting where I wanted to end up, it was a big factor for me to know about DART and its history, its experience, and its reputation. Um, and when it came to making that decision, I came to law school, uh, did two years at law school and applied to Darden actually during those first two years. And uh, when I was making that decision and thinking about where I wanted to go and what community I wanted to be a part of, it was really important to me to be a part of a community that was focused on being academic in terms of actually focusing on learning and getting a lot of hands-on experience and understanding the language of business and also being in a place that was known for being very collegial. It's important to me to be in a community that's focused on developing relationships with one another that are positive and uplifting and supportive. And I was really glad to find that at Darden. The intersection of law and business is an interesting place to operate, right? Uh, it, they're two very, in some ways, niche areas where what you learn in a business school program is going to be very different from what you learn in a law school program. But I think where I found value in both schools, and especially at Darden, is in learning how to think and how to approach problems. When it comes to what you learn at business school, there's what you learn inside of the classroom, right? Which is what's a balance sheet or what's a credit or a debit in accounting or how do you develop a marketing plan? Things that are valuable when it comes to starting a business, understanding strategy and how to develop that. But another key thing was the process of learning and how to operate in that process. Things like how to communicate in a team, how to take complex ideas and synthesize them clearly, how to operate and develop relationships in a way that is both professionally and personally fulfilling. Being able to do all those things while simultaneously learning about business inside of the classroom has been incredibly valuable, was something I wanted to get out of business school when I was making the decision and something that I'm lucky and blessed to be able to say that I have found here at Darden. You'd already been a law student uh, for a little while before you came to Darden. So you'd already had a bit of the graduate school experience. I think the first year of law school is famously uh, intense. Uh, it's a 1L, it's books written about it, all this kind of stuff. And so uh, what was the transition like from being you know, new law student to being a new business school student? Yeah, absolutely. The first year of law school is notorious for being, I don't know if the right word is insane, <laughs> but for being quite difficult. It, it is it is definitely a beast and a grind. And you learn a lot, just the same way as I mentioned about through the Darden and business school experience, you learn a lot through that experience, especially about how to take a lot of complex information, synthesize it, engage with it, try to understand it, and engage with really high-level complex issues and ideas. And for me, funnily enough, and I always get made fun of for this, but I say that I worked harder in my first year of business school than I ever did in law school. And everyone always laughs when they hear that. And they said, that's that's the wrong way to go. Like you totally messed it up. Business school is supposed to be the place where you just get to go and have fun with your business school buddies and things like that. But here at Darden, the core, especially if you're somebody who is really trying to learn about business, they give you a lot of substantive meat that you can sink your teeth into. And I found myself really relishing and leaning into the rigor that you could find here. And for me, that was just so incredibly rewarding. I because I've started the startup, I'm not necessarily planning on practicing law immediately after I graduate. And so in that sense, 
Darden is where I came into, I, I took all these skills that I'd learned about how to be a student that I'd been building over these years, and especially in a place like law school. And I realized I could apply it to something that I found just incredibly personally interesting and fascinating. And so I actually ended up really working quite hard at Darden. And I found it just to be a wonderful, enlightening experience from an academic perspective. But even just the, the relationships you build with your classmates, I remember sitting in a learning team room with one of my classmates from Darden, whose name was funnily also Peter. And we were going through everything we had learned in every class. And we'd sit in that learning team room for hours, just scribbling on the whiteboards, all the different formulas and theories and concepts. And looking at that board at the end and saying like, wow, we really learned something here. And I, I'm already thinking about how I can apply these to the different companies or nonprofits or organizations that I run and how to be a better leader. That was just incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, if academically difficult. You mentioned a couple points in your life where you had in, in, encountered entrepreneurship or engaged in entrepreneurship. You mentioned you were an entrepreneurship fellow uh, during your time at uh, Georgetown. Uh, so did you always know that entrepreneurial path was what you're going to pursue You know, after you completed your MBA? Is it something that you got more serious about once you got into business school? I think entrepreneurship has always been a, it had always at least been a hobby. It's been something, a constant thing in the back of my mind throughout my life. I remember I had that story about the vocabulary training program, but I remember also I learned how to fold paper uh, pencil pouches in middle school or something, and I would draw designs on them and try to sell them. I will say my, my history of being a successful entrepreneur is is lacking. I have a lot of failed businesses under my belt. So the vocabulary program didn't sell. The the colored pencil pouches I made out of paper, those didn't do too well. Um, when I was in college, I worked on a dating app with a friend, which is, I think, the classic first foray into entrepreneurship now for college students. They Everyone always tries to create a dating app. And this app was called Coffee for Two. And the idea was that you would check into a location and get match up on a blind date with somebody if you were bored and didn't have anybody to talk to. Um, and that one also never ended up getting off the ground. And uh, But I've always been interested in, in coming up with these business ideas. I thought I was going to go into the more government route, and I'm definitely interested in public service at some point. But uh, And I studied government, was really big into politics and speech and debate in high school and those sorts of things. But as I've developed into my professional career, I realized the challenges of entrepreneurship and the big questions and ideas that I had were actually intersecting in a way where there are big questions and ideas that come into business and entrepreneurship with a lot of creative, a lot of creative space for you to try out new things and do different things. And it was actually at law school where I had my first successful entrepreneurial venture. I had my brother's old camera that he had bought for a college photography class and wasn't using anymore. And he had left it at my parents' house. I took the camera and I can take fine pictures. I wouldn't call myself a great photo editor or anything like that. I, I, in fact, I don't edit the photos, but I had friends who needed LinkedIn headshots, a lot of friends who needed LinkedIn headshots. And so what I ended up doing is I put a, a couple posters around the law school and I knew that people really valued having these high quality professional headshots for when they were going into their interviews with these firms and they wanted a nice picture in a suit with a good background. And I ended up making you know a good amount of money after putting up these flyers and just taking a bunch of these pictures of people. And I realized that 
I love the idea of being able to add value to somebody and where there's this kind of mutually beneficial exchange where I have this camera, I have this ability to take pictures I'm willing, and I have the time and somebody really needs pictures because they're worried about and they want to make sure that they put their best foot forward when they're communicating with a firm. And that kind of just confirmed to me that that was something that was important to me to have in my career, that ability to be creative, that ability to try out new things and that ability to add value in whatever I was doing. And I really enjoy that feeling in entrepreneurial spaces. And so that that led that was part of what led me to where I am today. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, about your concept. So you spent the summer working in the, the iLab here at, at Darden. Um, tell us about, about your concept. Yeah, absolutely. So our company is called External Memory Archive Incorporated. And what we do is we are focused on leveraging generative AI in consumer-facing products. That's the current thesis. Now, functionally, what that means is we're testing out areas where individuals can leverage this new technology that we've been developing to make their lives easier. So we're interviewing a lot of different customers, figuring out what they need. And our first test product is actually an assistant called Emma. Um, if you can see the acronym there, that was that was part of the wink wink of that name. And what Emma does is she, you can call, text, or send her pictures. And what she does is she works specifically with young parents, particularly young mothers with young children, to help them record memories with their baby. So if you have a baby and you'd like to record something in a baby book style fashion and send it out to your family, but in a way that's less labor intensive for the parent because they have to raise a child and that takes a lot of work generally. Um, this assistant exists there to make that process easier and smooth it out for you. Now, the idea is pretty interesting because myself and my co-founder, we actually met in college in a public speaking class. And both of us are in our mid-20s and neither of us is married nor has a child. So you'd be asking, well, how exactly does an idea like that come together? And what it actually is a great example of, it's about pivoting and about listening to customers. To start at the beginning of the company, my co-founder, Daniel, and I met, uh, like I mentioned, in college, and we weren't really close. We didn't really know each other at all, but we reconnected at our graduation ceremony when I asked him and said, hey, what, what have you been up to? And he said, well, I'm surfing and coding out in San Diego. I said, that is fascinating. Let me get your number. And we started talking and sharing ideas. And one day, I think this was April 4th, he texted me and said, hey, I've, I've got an idea. That was it. I said, call me tonight. We get on the phone and he pitches me on this idea of using AI and building out a personal assistant that helps you record your memories, just like a journaling device. And I say, this is perfect. This is a great idea. How can I help? This was on a Monday. And he said, I'd, I'd love to submit a Y Combinator application. Can you help me submit it? So in using my business school, law school skills, I said, sure, I'd love to help. When is the Y Combinator application due? And he said, it's due this Friday. Uh, so we spent the next three days just sitting down, calling every night, working things out on a whiteboard, putting together a business plan and submitting it. And we both kind of knew that the odds of us getting into Y Combinator off of an idea that was three days old were uh, not likely, I guess is how we'll put it. Uh, but we we liked the idea of that pressure to put together a product and think about what we wanted to develop. And so after we submitted the application, we actually took those same materials. I presented them in one of my classes where I was focused on entrepreneurship, but we also submitted it to the Darden iLab incubator program, which was another incubator program. And that was specifically based here out of UVA. Um, they were lucky, they were kind enough to think that, 
you know, this is an idea that we wanted to invest in. And so they were actually able to provide some funding. And so for the summer, we brought on some part-time software developers, some interns, and we were focused on building out this MVP. And as I mentioned, the original idea was for a journaling assistant. And so I still get phone calls from Emma every day at 6.30, where she asks me, hey, what have you been up to today? And based on my response, she's actually generating a response that's tied to that. So if I said, I just had a great podcast interview with Brett, where I got to talk about my Darden experience, and it was really insightful to think about my time here and, and those sorts of things. Emma is smart enough to be able to respond. It's really great that you were able to share about that. What were some of the key takeaways from that interview? And she's writing everything down for me and recording it and storing it in the cloud for me, which is really useful. Uh, but we realized when we were starting to develop this beta and send it out to customers that uh, not everybody is necessarily interested in taking a phone call from a robot every day and talking to it, even if it does sound and talk like a human. But what happened was, is as an entrepreneur, part of your job is to pitch it, right? And to talk to people about it and get feedback on it and... So what we were doing is we were going around and I was just talking everybody's ear off about this new thing that we were building and the tech stack that we were developing. And I was actually out for drinks with one of my friends from law school and his sister-in-law who had a young baby. And as I was telling her about this device and assistant that could help you record your memories, she went, wow, that would not that would be so great if I could do that for my baby because I want to record my memories with her. And when I heard that, my ears perked up and I started talking to other friends that I had with young babies. And we realized that there's this whole space called baby books where parents are trying to record memories with their children. But oftentimes it's a struggle because of the difficulty to sit down and make the time to record things. And so we realized that we could take our existing tech stack, this personal assistant that you could call and talk to and that would record your memories for you and apply it towards a specific use case. Now, like with all entrepreneurial ventures, this is a hypothesis that we're developing about a potential way to add value and a potential way to capture value for ourselves and for the company. We're still testing it out to this day. We're building out the MVP right now. And it's been an absolute blast applying all the lessons that I've been learning within Darden um, to this business venture. We'll see if it ends up taking off. Obviously, I would, I would love to see that happen, but statistically, the odds are unlikely. And given my track record, we'll see if that track record continues. Um, but at the same time, it's been a great learning experience to, one, apply the lessons that I've been learning within Darden, and then being able to take the problems that have arisen within the startup and bring those to my mentors and peers within Darden and say, well, I have this problem. How do I solve this? Or we're trying to build for this, but I don't know how to engage with that situation. And it's something that's been consistent um, in my life and not just tied to this startup. I, I run a nonprofit uh, also outside of school, and I've been able to leverage the business processes and strategies that I learned about through Darden there. Um, and it, it's just something where the Darden mentality and the skills that you build here shape every facet of your life. And especially in a, in a business environment, it can be incredibly, it is incredibly helpful and valuable to be able to leverage that kind of education, that kind of experience in the real world when the stakes are high. It's very interesting to hear about how your idea has evolved and how how customers or end users have helped you think about what the product should be. Um, how was the iLab helpful to you as you developed this idea? Yeah, I, well, so for one, the iLab was great in providing kind of structural resources about here's the accounting software that we recommend you use or customer relationship management system, or let's bring in some outside mentors and advisors who you can connect with. But for me, the, what I took the most value out of was actually the peer network. Several companies within the incubator have gone on to raise successful rounds, um, have built out really successful products. 
And so when you're engaging with these entrepreneurs and these peers who are going through the same process, you can learn a lot just by asking them questions. And so it was very common for me to sit down with some of the other founders. We'd go on walks around the Darden grounds and just talk about what problems are you facing and let's brainstorm together how we solve those problems. Well, for me, one thing that was particularly fun, one of the companies in the incubator was a roommate matching app um, called RoomMe. And I was sitting there with one of the founders and he was walking me through a specific technical problem that he had about the roommate matching algorithm. And this is a bit in the weeds, but it was just fun for me to sit down with him and game out programmatically, like how to solve that problem. And then at the same time, a week later, we're talking about, all right, what's our business strategy for expanding into new markets? Or we're talking to this specific partner and we need to figure out how do we present our business model to them in a way that makes sense? Or what is our specific business model in terms of do we engage with the roommates? Do we build a platform? What does that actually look like? And so being able to talk with them and see how they approach those situations, provide some advice, but also to see the steps and pathways that they're taking. Entrepreneurship can be very intimidating because it's a very big ocean and you are a very small fish sometimes. And so it can be unclear what direction you should take or where you should go. So just like fish in the ocean, it's helpful to have a school. And so when you're with that school, you can trade best tips and practices. You can learn from each other about what to do. Um, and it's also just comforting. It, it, entrepreneurship can be a very lonely journey. If I didn't have my co-founder, if I didn't have these peers that I could talk to and lean on for support, if I didn't have the mentors and advisors that I'd gotten through iLab and through my experiences at Darden, it definitely would have made the journey a lot harder. And it, it, and it already is hard, right? So that's something where the resources that were provided, the infrastructure were invaluable to helping the company develop and grow, and especially as it was in this learning and development phase. That's, that is really cool to think about that that network that you gained by being in the iLab as well, just having people who are all on, uh, if not working on the same kind of problem, at least on the same kind of venture uh, together. Um, I wonder, you here, you're in your final year of study, as, as we discussed at the top, taking some law classes, taking some business school classes at this time. What, what are you looking forward to in, in this coming year? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. There's so much that yet still to do um, and so many great things here within Darden that I want to make the most of and take advantage of. I think the most critical thing is being able to engage with the community and that manifests itself in, in many different ways. I, I love being involved with a variety of different student organizations. I've had a great experience working with the Darden Catholic Student Association, but I'm also a member of the Darden Student Association more broadly and a member of the University Judiciary Committee. Uh, the so engaging with the community through all these different forms socially uh, is great. I mean, it's really important to me, I realize, to be able to be a part of a community. And that just means making time to show up and be present. I run an organization called Fun Club, and the challenge there is to go to one game for every single one of the 25 Archie sports that they're here at UVA. And with something like that, it's just showing up to games, being there with your learning teammates um, and, and being present with things like DCSA. It's praying the weekly rosary with DSA. It's it's showing up to events like the Global Food Fair, or the Interfaith Dialogues, um, the TNDCs or cold calls that they offer. I mean, being there and present and building those relationships is just such a source of joy. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that. I, I think it is a real blessing and I, I want to make sure I make the most of that. 
And then there's also inside the classroom. There's just so much to learn. There are so many great classes here where if you lean in, you can get so much value for yourself intellectually, being able to be in that space. But professionally, again, as I mentioned, being in the classroom and learning the skills of how to communicate, that is valuable in and of itself. And then being a part of the community of the classroom. So engaging with your classmates and your professors, those are all incredibly valuable. Outside of Darden and the law school and taking classes specifically, um, you know, I'm working on my nonprofit. I want to make sure that we're continuing to give back within my community. It's targeting and supporting Korean American college students and making sure that they get resources to both professionally develop and engage with their communities. Uh, and it's important for me, looking forward to the rest of the year, to focus on my friends and my family and, and be investing in those relationships as well. I think something that being here at UVA, being here at Darden and at the law school that I've learned is that balance is important for me to find fulfillment. And at Darden, there is a way to holistically approach the process where you're able to learn inside the classroom and outside the classroom to engage with communities and professional, social, spiritual, intellectual, personally, developmentally ways. And I think that in terms of looking forward to the next year, it's trying to lean into that to learn as much as I can from the other great people that are in this community and to build relationships that I know just bring me joy and hopefully allow me to be a part of a larger community that is bringing joy to others as well. You mentioned uh, the club that you have. Uh, your goal is to go to a, at least one sporting event for all of the varsity sports at UVA. Um, what's the next game or what what games do you still have left to attend? Yeah. So I started this last year. So I only have three. Uh, personally, I only have three left. That are Those are women's tennis, swim and dive and men's golf. But we're going to we just go to as many games as possible this year. We've already gone to women's field hockey, women's soccer, men's soccer uh, and others. And so we're just going to keep going. So I think the next things up are going to be football and lacrosse and and basketball going forward. And we also do things like women's volleyball, um, wrestling, all these kinds of events that might be a little bit more niche. And that's kind of the fun part uh, uh, of the club. But the great thing about that is that it's open to anybody and everybody. It's a great way to be involved and be a part of the larger UVA community as well. And um, I love cheering on the Hoos. They, they're, they're great at sports. Uh, and and it's, it's just fun to be able to learn about the different cultural intricacies behind the background of each sport. And, and it's just our, we have a new mascot this year. So one of the members of the club is a member of my learning team, Gerardo, and he has a young son who I think is a year and six months old. So he comes in with these big earmuffs to the games uh, and sometimes he falls asleep, but <laughs> it's great to have him there as kind of a little mascot to cheer on us and the teams. And, and it's great to be a part of the larger UBA community. Yeah, and some of those uh, fields uh, where those sports are played, not too far from the Darden grounds. You just walk uh, right across the street, right down the street. Um, don't have to travel too far. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, We've got world-class facilities. We've got a softball park, a grass field with, for lacrosse and soccer, and a great baseball stadium where we've I've been to several games. And um, this is a world-class institution, and it, it is a – it's a pleasure to be able to take part in all the things that that means. Well, you mentioned after graduation, you're going to continue on this entrepreneurial path. So it sounds like you're going to continue to develop Emma, uh, other ideas that you have. What, what does that look like for you? 
Yeah. So the JD MBA path is pretty interesting. I think the standard path for most JD MBAs is to work in law for several years. Uh, I had a great experience when I was out in Palo Alto at a law firm called Cooley that specialized in emerging companies and venture capital. Really enjoyed working with the firm, um, but I ended up deciding that I think I wanted to pursue the more business focused route. If for some reason the startup takes off and we start generating revenue and we can raise around and I can pay for my salary to cover my student loan payments, right? Then I'm happy to look at that full time. But I'm also looking and recruiting for various opportunities as well. I, I think uh, I was like to say, I'll go where the good Lord sends me. So we'll see what he lines up. But I, I'm interested in a variety of different roles focused on operations and business strategy, chief of staff roles, business development, product management. One of the difficult blessings of going to a place like Darden is that sometimes there's too many opportunities to choose from. And the difficulty is choosing the path that you want to go down. I know friends who were, they had options in consulting and investment banking and general management. And that that is one of the reasons you come to a place like Darden, right? Is to, to develop yourself up so you have these kinds of professional opportunities. So uh, I'll say this to you, Brett, if you hear of anything or meet anybody that you think I should meet or talk to that you think would be great to learn from, I'm all ears. Keep that in mind, Peter. I, I can't say um, most of the time on the podcast, we're just talking to uh, current students, uh, faculty, staff, occasional alum. So you never know. Uh, we'll rule that out. So um, last question for you. Uh, you previously joined us for a conversation about the learning team experience for a full-time MBA and asked you for a piece of advice then. But I wonder, here you are now in your final year of study, a few months uh, since that last conversation, anything you'd encourage our prospective student listeners to keep in mind as, as they go forward on their own MBA journeys? It's a great question. I think the number one piece of I, of advice that I have is the greatest self-limiter that you should focus on in your life is yourself. There are always going to be large obstacles and challenges that come about as a result of things outside of your control. But the number one thing that is probably limiting you that you do have control over is yourself. And an area that I have tried to grow in here over the past several years and where I have learned a lot is that through the application, and, and this has just been by looking at my peers who I respect so much, and especially those who I want to emulate, the ones who are most successful and the ones who are able to, to, to live lives that I, I hope to, to, to live are the ones who are able to apply discipline inside of their own life and who take control of the things that they do have control over and the wisdom to let go of the things that they don't. And so in that sense, you never know where you're going to end up, whether it's at a place, a great place like Darden. I hope everybody who listens here is able to come that wants to come. But for those who pursue different avenues or for those who do come here and are looking for, how do I get the most out of this? I would say focusing on that control that you have, and implementing discipline and the way that you apply those things. Um, that's where I've seen people really be able to take it to the next level. All right, channeling the uh, serenity prayer here uh, for, for this piece of advice. I appreciate that. The uh, wisdom to recognize the difference between uh, those things you can and cannot control. So, well, Peter, um, best of luck with Emma and, and your startup. Um, forward to hearing more about that. And uh, best of luck on your final year of study. I know that's always a bittersweet time uh, for all of our students. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Brett, for the opportunity. And that was my interview with Peter Hamilton, a JD MBA student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. 
As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at DART, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.